Hi, you're listening to Community Radio. This is 8CCC FM 102.1 in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek. And this is Kitchen Radio, a new show all about seasonal food, what's growing here in your local community and what to do with it in your kitchen. Welcome to Kitchen Radio for this Friday evening. How are you, Rita? I'm good, Beck. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's, uh, it's Friday the 13th. Oh, do you know, it's the first time I've realised that mm. all day long. Probably just as well. Do you get Possibly. Par- paranoid about it? No, but it's only in retrospect I go, oh, so that was why I was having such a terrible day, which is great <gasps> because it's not because I think it's going to be a bad day that it yes, is. It's yes. just a terrible day anyhow. <laughs> Surely it wasn't that terrible. Mm, it was a bit Friday the 13th-ish. Oh, really? Yes. I had a little Google because I was sure somewhere there there's uh, there's thoughts about it not being unlucky at all, that it's actually considered uh, to be lucky. And it, 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 the Google search I came up with, I found something about in Italy, apparently. The oh, 13th okay. is considered a very lucky number. There you go. Can you vouch for that? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> not Italian. I'm of Italian descent. <laughs> you don't know. You are not an expert on all things Italian. No, I can vouch for the fact that I'm not. All right. All right. Well, moving on. It was not an unlucky day for me. Um, but there we go. What's been happening in the kitchen this week? Well, um, I've been cooking pumpkin. Mm. Yeah. Me, I've got me you too. <laughs> Please go on. Oh, my neighbour who's very generous, um, gave me a lovely pumpkin and I sort of had this dilemma this week about should I go and sort of, you know, buy foods that I want to cook or should I just actually look in my fridge and look around <laughs> and actually cook what's what I've got and, and cook around what ingredients I've got and I chose the latter. So I've been cooking pumpkin risotto mm-hmm. and then I cooked a pumpkin tagine Yes, and then I just did um, little veggies, including pumpkin and beetroot. So I, I, I'm still not sick of pumpkin. No, no, yeah. there's a lot to like about pumpkin. There's, yeah, there's a lot you can do with it. What sort of pumpkin was it? I think it was a Queensland blue. Okay, but so now that I think it was a, it was that size. I think it's a Kent. So yes. green and greenish and mottled so on like, the skin. Yeah, and okay. like that shape of a Queensland blue. What yeah. about you? What sort of pumpkin have you been I, eating? Back? I had a, a random crop of butternuts come up in my garden this year. They grew themselves. I didn't plant them. They grew themselves out of, you know, the compost and so on. And oh, I love that when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. An excellent vine. I was a bit worried they didn't, they didn't ripen as fully as they might have before the vine died off. But actually, they've turned out fine. They're probably not the most flavoursome butternuts ever. Uh, but I've been committing myself to preparing, cutting and preparing about one a week. I've been oh, talking about great. pumpkin for a few weeks now. But I was thinking about it in the context of it's like kitchen hacks or, or life hacks, isn't it? For, for me, you know, busy woman, all that stuff. It puts me off if I'm home late or tired, dealing with a whole butternut. Like they can be quite tough. I've got to get out the big knife yeah, and I'm do, already yeah. physically tired. So I think, okay, I'll commit to doing that, to cutting it and preparing it and seeding it and all that and cooking it. When I'm in the mood and then it's there in the fridge all cubed up and flavoursome ready to go all week for whatever else I want, which might be a salad or a risotto or whatever it might be. Or even cold veggies, you know, like I came home and had roast uh, pumpkin and roast beetroot that was there. Yes. As a snack, it was great. Yes. Could get really carried away and like blend it up and put maple syrup on it and call it dessert. (laughs) You could if you wanted to. You could. I think there's, I can feel a pumpkin radio show coming on. Maybe not. Maybe not tonight because that's yeah. not what's planned. But oh. I can just feel that it's it's in any sort of Friday now. Do, do we have another ingredient to talk about? Oh, we have. But let's um, talk about what's what you've seen growing in the gardens <laughs> around Alice Springs and what you've mm. seen at Food for Alice. If you, I haven't showed my face around there uh, very much these days. I have to say, but but certainly, yeah, we all know that the leafy greens are still absolutely cranking. It's, yeah, it's spring gardens in full 
in full, you know, full bolt really. So Yeah, I've seen a lot of broccoli and cauliflower just bolting mode and I, I keep thinking to the owners of those plots, eat it, eat it quickly. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And obviously quandongs, which we talked about last week. Yeah. But I did make a statement last week that you can't buy quandongs and then I went to Food for Alice and there was a beautiful bowl of quandongs. Oh, so we have a correction. Yeah, so you can in fact buy quandongs in Alice Springs if you're lucky. Yes, if you're lucky, which you could last week. Who knows about tomorrow? Get on down there. I'm going to go tomorrow, Rita. Okay, I'm not as- going to commit to anything. Yeah. No, no. I think asparagus is still still pushing its heads up. I believe so. I don't. I, I think it's. Don't think it's for sale anywhere. It's all about the home gardener mm. when it comes to asparagus. I haven't seen any of the commercial growers or anybody actually. Mm. Oh, there were a few weeks ago. There was a few bunches of asparagus yes. at Food for Alice, but yep. it didn't last for very no, many Saturdays. They go to the first three customers. Yeah, or the first one customer buys all three bunches. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the the ingredient of the week, which is, you know, snow peas. Oh, you just gave it away. I just gave it away. I know. I need a drum roll. I know. (laughs) I know. I haven't got that drum roll yet. Should we do it again? And the ingredient of the day is snow peas. Oh, drum roll. Okay. Snow peas. Yeah. Also called monchtu. Yes. I never knew that. Yeah. Because you eat them all. Yes. Yeah. And there's quite a few plots in the community garden that have got snow peas. Yeah. We do seem to like growing our snow peas here in Alice and I guess that's because they're awesome yeah. and because they're pretty, you know, hardy, easy to grow, you know, they do their thing pretty well in the spring heat here. Damn tasty. They're beautiful. And Happy Farmer also is selling snow peas. Yes. And he has been for quite some time. I don't know how much longer he'll be, you know, harvesting them, but they're certainly available at the moment. Yes, Rita and I actually had a visit out there today and they, it looks like some of the, I don't know, would you say vines, plants, anyway, are, are starting to die off, but there's plenty more snow peas on them. So Yeah. Speaking of Happy Farmer and Rodney, we should, do you want to have a listen to what Rodney says about his snow let's, peas? Let's have okay, a listen to what Rodney Okay, let's have a listen to what Rodney said. But you just need to give me a minute to actually find where Rodney is. Yeah. I'm looking everywhere for Rodney. Oh, I found him. You Here he is. have all the time you need. Okay, here you go, Rodney. So you've got these beautiful snow peas. And you, you're selling the actual pea pods. You're thinking about harvesting the tips as a vegetable? We haven't thought about it, but um, now that you've mentioned it, it sounds like people might be interested in them. Maybe we should try. Yeah, I think I've tried and tasted it in Vietnam. Okay. Yeah, they just snip off the tops and, it, um, it, and fry it. Is it that whole piece? Yeah. There? And then stir fry. Okay. I think. <laughs> I could just be, you know. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard of other growers. About it. I've heard of other growers um, mostly just harvesting them for a particular restaurant that's come to them and, and asked specifically for it. It's quite a specialty thing. I think if we turned up at a market, people probably wouldn't know what they were. I mean, I don't know, even know what they are. I'd have to look into <laughs> which section of the crop we uh, harvest yeah. it. But yeah, we've think- just been doing the snow pit, the peas. And the microgreens, you've been doing the snow pea microgreens as well? Yeah, so we do the snow pea microgreens, which, are all, which can be cooked as well. Um, most people would use them for salads, but they, they do handle being stir-fried. I didn't realise that. And which is your favourite, the mammoth or the, the white flowers? This other one. Yeah, it's. I think these are a bit... The others are a bit sweeter. The mammoths can get quite oversized. I think fresh for salad, maybe this other variety. But the mammoth's probably better for a stir-fry just because it's got it's a bit bigger. And, but it depends on harvest times as well. Like they grow... We have to harvest three times a week to keep on top of it. Otherwise, they start to really... The pea pod develops. You can see this one... The peas actually developed inside it, and then the pod becomes not so fresh. You don't so really want to eat that. So it looks like a sweet pea, huh? Hey? Yeah. It is a sweet pea, yeah. 
So it's just, that's why, it's quite an intensive crop to continually harvest. Um, so it takes had, quite a lot of time. You've had one month of harvesting and now you, yep. you've, you'll have maybe, what, another two months? We're hoping. Like? Yeah, we're hoping. Because <laughs> everyone loves it. And hopefully we'll have them in producing until uh, our summer crops start to produce like cucumbers and zucchinis and squash and things like that that can take over from from these guys. Yeah, but it would be great if you could harvest the whole fruit, wouldn't it, or the whole plant, Absolutely. you know, not just the fruit, but actually the, um, the stalks as well. Yeah, I think it would, and it would help with the virility of the of the, uh, the plants as well. A lot of plants like to be cut back and, and they'll come again. Well, there you go, there's a challenge. You can just Maybe we'll snip yeah. off the tops and steam them or stir fry them tonight. All right, tomorrow night. I'll give it a go. And and maybe, maybe we'll see them on, um, on the weekend at Food for Alice. <laughs> hey, thanks, Rodney. Thanks. And that was just a little bit of uh, plastic flapping in the wind, if you were. Listeners are worried about what that flapping sound was. Yeah, it was a real in situ interview. It was, out there in the wild elements of uh, the happy farm on Raganiti Road. Yeah. We should remind people while we're on that that you are the fabulous nurse of that existence, that existing in Alice Springs now. Yeah. Which is uh, the Farmgate Fridge out there on Raganiti Road next to the Steiner School. And there's a full selection of uh, local veggies that they're growing out there for sale that you can... Yeah. Um, you as can, well as eggs. Yes, and you can pay at the pay at the fridge, so to speak, with a cash or card. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Anytime. And we got some snow peas this afternoon. We did. We've got some here. We did. We got a lovely selection. We did. As was talked about in that interview, we, uh, Rita particularly was keen to explore the, the snow pea shoots. Yeah, yes. so Rodney let us um, go and harvest a couple of shoots this afternoon, which we've got them here, which just look to me like snow pea shoots. Yeah, which is what they are. But I did cook some up and I'm just we're just going to do a live tasting. That's what makes Kitchen Radio really very special is the live tasting. So <laughs> I'm going to just – I've uh, stir-fried the, the shoots or the leaves mm. with oil and garlic and salt and mm. I'm just going to – Hand it over to Beck to have a tasting. I just had a taste of the raw oh. one, which tastes delicious and exactly like you'd expect. Yeah. Look, it was a lot more challenging than I thought. And I think there's a mm. lot of green That's got, um, fibre that ends up between your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what you've cooked there has got some soy in it? No. Ah. No. Okay. Mm. Delicious. Mm. And this has been, you've been inspired by that from travel in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I'm eating on air. <laughs> I think people can tell that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no soy. I actually, I think the um, I think the leaves are really beautiful. Mm. It's delicious. It's mm. incredible what happens with your um, association in your mind that those flavours straight away make me think of, you know, that there would be surely some sort of soy sauce. Yeah, well, it's quite so a strong flavour, but no, <laughs> it's not there. I have to say a few things about doing this. If you do have a snow pea plants at home and you go, I'm going to go. I'm going to do stir-fried snow pea shoots tonight. I found that they're, they're quite fibrousy, and I had to cook it with a bit of water. The stem as the well. The stems were, yeah. and I actually had to throw away a lot of stems because they were just pretty much inedible. Yes. And those little beautiful little tendrils, which you think are going to be lovely and tender, are actually tough as. They're like little bits of mm. hard wire, and you actually have to cut them off. Okay. So strong. They do an incredible job, don't they, those little mm. tendrils of wrapping around the... The trellis or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, all your other plants. So, Beck, would you use snow peas interchangeably with, like, garden peas or snap peas? Mm, this is a very controversial topic, Rita. No. <laughs> because but there are three types of peas. So yes. there's um, uh, snow peas and then yes. snap peas and then garden peas. So yes. the garden peas are what really are the 
frozen peas that you buy. Yes, and you don't eat the shell. You don't eat the shell, whereas snap peas, you eat the shell, but they're fatter than a um, snow pea. Yes. I would. I guess I would use those two interchangeably. Yep. I, I don't necessarily follow rules in cooking, as you know, Rita, so um, potentially I would uh, interchange, but it really just depends. I'm a bit of a, oh, yeah, I need something green and I've got that in my fridge. So Or if it's garden peas, it's more likely to be in my freezer. Uh, it would be rare for me to have fresh garden oh, no, peas but would in the you, fridge. Um, would you stir-fry garden peas? I think, it's pretty un- I think it's pretty unlikely. Yeah, I think it's pretty unlikely I would ever put... If I was that, peas if I was that short of greens, then I probably wouldn't make a stir fry. No. I'd have better options on hand or make something else. Yeah. But would you use snow peas in a um, in something that ha- would normally have peas, say like a, a risotto? Yes. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> I'm going to buzz in there. I, I would slice <laughs> them up, but I think the flavour is not so weird. Like the flavour is quite similar. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's just uh, yeah. I like to think there's not too many rules with food. If it tastes good and you've got it there, then then put it in. Yeah, but and it's not really fusion, is it? Like, I, I wonder if putting snow peas in a risotto is classified as fusion because I don't I don't love fusion, but I wonder if. Fortunately, the television crews are not watching and criticizing and filming our everyday kitchens. That's so good, we yeah. <laughs> we don't have to be judged on that. But yes, I guess so. I mean, the the snow pea is, has originated from Asia. Mm. and North Africa somewhere, I think. Uh, so I guess, yeah, it's a whole different thing to the garden pea mm. in its in its uh, historic use. Yeah, which is the seed, isn't it? Like the garden pea, you're actually eating the seed. Yes, and was, yeah, not... As not, opposed to the pod. Not eaten as a fresh thing. They were used to, well, like, preserve, I guess, to have a, a legume to keep over the winter and so on, weren't they? Or yes. through, throughout the seasons. Yeah, and I've actually purchased dried um, garden peas, like dried... Ah, yep. excellent um, yeah. hiking food. Poss- you can get the little packets of... Oh, you can too. ...dried peas. And yeah, the wasabi peas. Oh, well, I haven't, I haven't had them for hiking, but um, but just the little packets of frozen peas are great. You can just reconstitute them and oh, okay. very nutritious, delicious. Yeah. A bit of garlic. Mm. Mm. That was making me think of something else. Now I've forgotten. But um, but we also um, had thought about that idea about like the fact that you can eat the leaves of the snow pea tree, that idea that you can eat everything. And yes. we talked about whether or not there was the equivalent of a nose-to-tail movement for vegetables as yeah. there is with the animal. You know, nose-to-tail meaning that you eat the entire animal. Yes. So it's just this idea that you actually eat the entire plant. Yeah. Well, what's good examples of that? I remember certainly, you know, becoming a more adult cook and learning that you don't just use the leaves of coriander. The roots are very flavoursome yep. and useful too. So that's a good example. That is, yeah. Beetroot, you can eat ah, the yeah. beetroot and you can use the beetroot leaves. Yeah. I always eat the celery too, the celery leaf. I'm quite committed to that. It's yes, not, I not agree. Like I have to say the best falafel I've ever made was with celery leaf oh. in place of parsley. Oh, wow. Mm. I haven't done that. I just crunch it down like, oh, okay, eat your medicine. It is deli- – I do find it delicious, um, but it's, it's you know, it can be a very strong flavour. Yeah. I just think but it's such good medicine. Yeah, but with a lot of vegetables, there is quite a lot of wastage, like, yeah. you know, peeling of potatoes as opposed to using the whole potato. Yes. I'm not much of a peeler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly if I can get good organic veg or, you know, fresh local grown mm. and a bit of a wash or – I'm a, I don't mind eating a bit of dirt even really or, you know, a few grubs, especially I if I don't know about it. But see, Rodney, in that interview I did a few weeks ago, he talked about using the carrot leaves in soups as mm. well. So yes. 
Yes. Yes. Just every time we go to throw something out rather than the compost, maybe think, can I eat this? Yes. Mind you, I have chickens, so there's never a lot of waste in my house. That's good. The um, the all the big bits, stars. All, yeah. Well, I wasn't claiming it for that reason so much, but just depends on what you think of as waste, really, doesn't it? Yes. If it's going to help feed the chickens, and then yeah. there's yeah. Anyway. Mm. Well, I also have compost. Just. If we're talking compost, not yes. that I'm a gardener, but when I go to work, I'm sort of like, I'm really sad that I've got this, um, you know, food, food waste that I have to put in the bin because we don't have a compost at work. Yes. But we've just now got something that Rodney's using, which is you can actually have a compost bin at work. So we now have a compost bin at work. Yeah. And does it get collected? Yeah, it gets co- collected once a week. By yeah. Happy Farmer? Yep. Ah, oh, there you go. Another yep. plug for Happy Farmer. I yeah, did, I is. was aware yeah. that happens and I don't yeah. use it because I compost at home, but... Yes, fabulous, especially it's if you've got bigger quantities of yeah. compost that you can't deal with yeah. yourself. And we have had lots of discussion at work because everybody has different ideas about what you can and can't yeah. compost, so that's been interesting. Yeah, there's certainly rules around it, isn't there? So look yes. into it. Yes, definitely. So on that idea of fusion, it would be there are quite a few other foods which you could fuse. Yes. The idea of fusing and, yes. um, and foods that you can get locally, and one of them was this vegetable I saw a few weeks ago at Food for Alice called Arape. And I I didn't buy it when I first saw it at Food for Alice, but I, I did start talking to someone who was buying it. Yes. Her name was Kath and she had a friend called Julia who was staying. And I had a little chat to Julia and she had a really lovely story to tell about, not so much about Rape. The conversation started with Rape and then it moved into something else, but it, it's along the lines of fusion. Yes. And I'd really like to play this interview because it, it is about fusion, but it's sort of also not about fusion. So I'm talking to Julia, who I met at the uh, Food for Alice market yesterday, where I saw that you were buying a leaf green that I'd never seen before. And thought it must be mustard greens, but it wasn't. I'm just wondering if you could tell me a little bit about it. Well, called rape or rape was the Italian. So it's something that my family would cook sometimes, like sort of chop it up and cook it in with like a scrambled egg. See, I thought it was a Chinese leaf green. I think it is as well. It is. When my dad first came to Australia in the 1950s, he came to Melbourne and he lived in a boarding house with a lot of other young men and they had meals cooked for them but it was all very traditional English boiled meat and boiled vegetables and it wasn't something that he really enjoyed and some of them found a local the one and only uh, Chinese restaurant in in the area at the time and you would take your own saucepan and get uh, wonton soup short soup and so from there he got really interested in Chinese food so then Years later, he did a Chinese cooking course. So as we grew up, we had a lot of stir fries and spring rolls, homemade, and then as well as all the Italian cuisine as well. So it was pretty lucky for us at home. Uh, Well, sometimes he would do a whole banquet. So we'd start with homemade spring rolls and sesame toasts, chicken and sweet corn soup, and then a really nice stir fry with lots of lots of vegetables and. Yeah, they, they were my favourite, the banquets. <laughs> what was your favourite Italian food that he cooked? Uh, Dad makes a really good lasagna, one of the best. And I also um, really like cannelloni, the spinach and ricotta. Did Dad ever get moved to fusion, given that he had both Italian and Chinese? No, no, there's been no fusion. It's been very, very distinct. I should ask him. If you try it. <laughs> How about you? Have you ever been tempted to fuse the two cuisines? 
No, not so much. I actually don't do a lot of Italian cooking myself because I still go to my parents and they do such a great, great Italian meal. So I actually cook a lot more sort of Vietnamese and Indian food for myself and then go to dad's restaurant. How did you cook it? Have you cooked it yet? The one that you bought yesterday? We haven't. That's, that's in my friend's fridge that I'm visiting. I'm not sure what her plans are for that. Yeah, what are your plans? I thought I might completely ignore the advice of putting it with scrambled eggs and try a bit of a, a stir fry. Yeah. It just looks lovely and fresh, a bit of garlic yeah. and ginger and soy sauce. One of the best things about that little stall down at Food for Alice is that you get things that are so fresh, which is such a novelty here. If you're not big into gardening yourself, you can get a beautiful fresh bit of silver beet or lettuce. It tastes so good. So I think the key is using it over the next few days when it's still really, really fresh. Thanks, Kath and Julia. What a great promo for Food for Alice. It certainly was. It was a really yeah. lovely, lively interview there, Rita. Oh, yes, Thank I have you. to say, it, it was um, during a market. Oh, yeah, okay. At, uh, at Epilogue. Oh, okay. So nice. I, I apologise for that background noise. The but background it was a noise nice, was also fabulous, a nice sort of place to have an interview. Really lively. And, uh, yes, I like – it's just always – that's what Kitchen Radio is about partly, isn't it? It's like what what can we get locally that people are growing or that we're growing ourselves and then what can you do with it? Yeah. Of, often end up with, you know, seeing things that's a way to broaden our horizons but also, you know, taste excellent new things. Yeah, and it's fantastic that people are actually growing different foods. Mm. I was really excited when I saw the arape yeah. because it was something I didn't know. I, I like to think I know a lot about food and it's good to sort of to be humbled and realise there's food there's foods out there that you don't know about. Yes. I find it interesting because having been around the, the food growing scene, so to speak, here in Alice Springs or in Central Australia for, for a while, as have you, Rita, and certainly the retail end of it, but with the Food for Alice and mm. with Afghan and so on, but... Just, yeah, thinking about it, it seems like there's some growers who are very much growing for their own, you know, their own use, as mm-hmm. in they, they love to get the, what they're growing straight into their kitchen and share it. There's other growers who are quite sort of experimental scientific. They don't necessarily uh, know a lot about eating it or even yep. want to eat it, but they just love to trial and error things. Do you remember the, the um, fetish for those uh, African horned cucumbers? No, I don't. <laughs> anyway, it's a total aside and maybe yep. it's not the secret ingredient this week. So, But just thinking about that, we used to have a lot of them supplied into Afghan traders and they're, they're you know, reasonably tasty cucumber but very watery and covered, mm-hmm. covered in prickles. Okay. Or maybe not prickles but sort of, you know, fairly soft barbs. Mm. Quite tricky to deal with really for, you know, families in a hurry. Hard to sell to kids, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> we obviously grown, well, I, I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but it seems to me they were grown a lot by people who were just completely fascinated by what are they and they have a great name and, you know, yeah. love to try different seeds in the garden, more kind of experimental, enjoy-to-grow things type gardeners as opposed to people who want to eat them. Yeah. Anyway. But if you've ever looked at some of those um, seed catalogues, it's pretty exciting when yes. they sort of say what something is. So I, I, re- I understand both. You know, I once sort of dreamt about spaghetti squash and oh, I grew yes. spaghetti squash just so I could eat it. It was it was disappointing, but yes. I, I went through the process That's of another growing great example. it. Yeah. And one packet of seed of an African horned cucumber goes a long way in a little community yeah, like Alice Springs. And some of those descriptions for seed packets, perhaps one week we should bring in some descriptions for mm. seed packets. Yeah. It sounds pretty exciting. Yes, yeah. Kid in a lolly shop for um for gardeners, food gardeners, isn't it? You know, if I I do grow vegetables at home, but they are always with food in mind or a particular recipe. Yes. 
I guess over the years we do get a bit. Well, I know I have got a bit heartbroken um, over the years. A few yep. times with you know it is it is uh, tricky gardening. You put in a lot of time and effort and water and you know personal resource one way or another, and uh, it can be a bit heartbreaking when you have a plague of grasshoppers or the the retic you know the reticulation system doesn't fails when you're away and it's three hot days or whatever it might. Be. But the community garden is really good. Like I was quite disillusioned until I had a plot at the community garden, mm. and I came across a grower there as well. Who she said she'd never ever grown before. This was the first time she'd grown vegetables, yes. and she was just doing really well. And it was because there is so much support there yes. um, in terms of each garden plot, in terms of there being manure and there mm. being. Um, straw there as well and that whole reticulation system in place yes. so and I, I guess yeah. a whole community of people with their eye in too if there's a problem going on and people know you're away then yeah, yeah can, there's a, there's and you can a have discussions about you know what what you should be planting or what other people mm. are planting yeah the community garden's looking fantastic at the moment it is it is it's a it's a definitely definitely an inspirational place yeah um, do you want to talk about a recipe, Rita? Or? Uh, no, I think we're sort of heading towards the end of the show, actually, okay. and we've run yep. out of time. But yes. um, the only recipe would be my stir-fried snow peas, which yes. would be just heat the oil with a bit of garlic and add your snow peas. Yes. Snow pea shoots. But the leaves are a lot better than the shoots, and I think the leaves taste amazing. They taste a little bit like a sweet pea crossed yes. with uh, spinach. Yeah, they are delicious. And you've mixed it there with actual snow peas as well so yeah i've got a few snow peas there as well so i'll yeah. actually start cooking that and i might even mm. grow snow peas next year mm. just so i can have the um snow pea leaves not Yum. the fruit yeah um did you have anything to talk about in no. terms before we leave peas I, behind I you didn't want to talk about mushy peas I, yeah I, I won't hold us up much but i just wanted to say one of the things i've discovered that i love in this town sorry if you're listening in tennant creek or elsewhere in the world but you can try it at home and that is um what's sold at the goods cafe there's a totally unintentional plug there but which is one of their um you know toast and toppings type breakfasty all-day menu and it's mushy peas on toast it's so delicious oh, i wow. can't actually i've never had it i might go and have, have it, it for breakfast so tomorrow it's just they gorgeous yeah for breakfast absolutely wow. gorgeous so just toast with mushy peas yes yeah and gorgeous. salt and pepper and a bit yeah. of olive oil plenty of salt and pepper olive oil and parmesan cheese on top and probably other ingredients but oh. i think that i think it's pretty simple that's probably about it but um, wow. and I'm probably misquoting. They certainly yeah. But it's just delicious. And oh, that's I, well, great. It's probably one of those things you love or hate. But no, I, I think I would it. love them because I really love pies with peas as yeah. well, which you could get in Queensland, but nowhere <laughs> else. Yeah. I love it. But um, and I've certainly yeah made it at home as well. I'd add I'd add lots of garlic and more olive oil at mm. home. But um, yeah, yeah, so delicious. So if you're um, if you're not a cook or you're up for a, a new thing and haven't discovered it yet, get on down and to try mushy peas at yeah. the goods. Yeah. Okay. Well, great pea recipe. Yeah. So I think we'll finish off with a kitchen song. Yes. Do you think a kitchen song would be good? A little bit of music. A little bit of music. Just for tradition. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're listening to it on the podcast, you won't have uh, access to the music, but you can always go and find it on Spotify or iTunes and it's um, The Good Lovelies and they're singing um, Kiss Me in the Kitchen. And it just might take me a little bit of a minute to find it because it wasn't <laughs> where I thought it was. So, Beck, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to say? I'm going to say look forward to talking to you next week, uh, Rita. Any thoughts about what our secret ingredient might be? Um, yeah. Yes, we have thoughts and we're not telling you. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Kitchen Radio and you're listening to Community Radio here in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek. This is 8 C FM 102.1 uh, broadcasting in Central Australia and around the World Wide Web. And this is Kiss Me in the Kitchen by The Good Lovelies.